You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. Amen. So, beloved, I need you to, uh, uh, to, to know this. Here's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us, God. The love of God and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit liberates us and it frees us. Now, we are not in a court of law, no, but we might swear this reality and make this our oath and we might preach this promise and proclaim this truth in this place because it is written, for the whole law can be summed up into this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the truth of the matter is this, you are loved into freedom in order to free others. You are loved into freedom in order to bring freedom and liberation to others. Today we come to the end of this three-part series on righteous resilience, which of course when we come to the end of anything, it's always just a beginning. A beginning that we might practice what we've been preaching week one, two weeks ago. We preach from the title, Remember Who You Are. Remember that you are blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. And because you are blessed and blessed to be a blessing, everything you touch might be blessed. Last week, week two of this three-part sermon series, we preached from the topic, discover, uncover, discover your glory, because Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, the one who is the light of the world, invites us into the work, and Jesus, the light of the world, proclaims us, declares us, names us, anoints us, claims us as lights in the world. You are the light of the world, Jesus says, so, so don't hide your light under a bushel. Who lights a candle, he asks, and then puts a cover it a cover over it. So so the invitation is that we might discover our own glory by uncovering the light that is burning within us. And he goes on to say that you are the salt of the earth called to bring flavor. You are the salt of the earth and like salt, the properties, its characteristics are to protect and to preserve Therefore, as we who are called the salt of the earth, we are called to protect and preserve the blessedness that is within us. We are called to preserve and to protect that which God has planted in us as lights so that our lights might shine. So today we conclude this sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount from the title Proclaim the Truth because Jesus continues on to say that you are blessed to be a blessing, you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the earth, and you ought to be prophets of justice. So today's message is about the law of love and the prophetic imagination. The law of love and the prophetic imagination. We have been focusing on resilience during this Black History Month as a way of celebrating the story of a people who created beauty out of ashes. 
we have been celebrating and drawing on, on the texts of, of, of some of our giants in our tradition, uh, Mother uh, Toni Morrison. And today, we draw from, as we celebrate resilience, the works of James Baldwin, who as a prolific and prophetic writer sat down at the cross in the fire next time. He says that it takes a great spiritual resilience not to hate the hater whose foot is on your neck and an even greater miracle of perception, of vision, and of charity, of love, it, a greater miracle of perception and love not to teach your children to hate when people have hated you. Yes, it's a miracle that as a people, uh, black folks, African Americans, Negroes, as a people who have been enslaved and disenfranchised, and disinherited, it, it, it's a miracle that black folks, these folks, would offer to a nation that so hated and, and still in many ways continues to hate them because of their skin. That it, it's, it's a miracle that they might offer, be the ones, the vessels, the conduits, to offer a message, a prophetic message even, that has been uh, summed up in, in that, that, that black church wisdom that we are to love everybody and treat everybody right. This, beloved, is resilience exemplified. Resilience exemplified, right? Uh, resilience, we, we described, we defined as simply, it's a fancy way of saying that resilience is the capacity to come back, to bounce back, to persevere and to push through, to press through and to hold on and never let go. Because God never lets go of us in a world that knocks us down, being resilient means that you get back up again. In a world that throws roadblocks in your path, being blessed means that you find an alternative path and you keep on walking. You keep on marching. You keep on pushing because we're not gonna let anybody turn us around. In a world that does not want us to flourish, being resilient says to ourselves, it declares to ourselves, it speaks over ourselves. Sometimes you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and declare and to proclaim your truth, the truth that, that, that fulfillment is my birthright, that flourishing is my destiny, and we are destined collectively and individually, we are destined for greatness. Man. That happiness is our inheritance. Yeah. And because God delights in us, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, even when the world tells us that we're not supposed to like and to love what we see in the mirror, because God delights in us, we might delight in ourselves that we might celebrate ourselves, that we might affirm ourselves, that we might speak over ourselves and declare and to proclaim the truth that we are loved. Loved into freedom, loved into liberty. And when we shine, we might give others the capacity we might uh, draw out of our neighbor, our friends, our family, our children, our spouse, our parents, because when we shine, we might draw out the light that shines within, that has been all too muted by a world that stumbles in the dark, and a world that wants us to forget 
and have us disremember who we are as created in the very image of God. We are called to remember. That's the, the entirety of the Sermon of the Mount. It tells us that we are called to remember who we are. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who mourn, for you shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for you shall inherit the earth. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for you shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for you shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for you shall be called children of God. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people utter all kind of false things against you in my name. Rejoice and be glad. It was an ancient way, a 2,000-year-old way of saying that haters are going to hate. But Jesus says rejoice anyhow, just as they persecuted the prophets before you, so they might persecute you, but remember who you are, even in spite of what people say about you, around you, in spite, right? Remember who you are because you are blessed. Remember who you are because you are salt. Remember who you are because you are light. And then on the mountain, on that mountain where Jesus offers his sermon, he continues, right, to teach and to preach. If you haven't uh, read, it's an entirety, Matthew chapter 5. I, I do, there's always time. Read it from start to finish. Uh, we're focusing on the first 20 verses. Uh, we, we've looked at the last couple of weeks, verses 1 through 12 today. And, and verses 13 to 20, Jesus takes a turn and builds upon that which he has been offering. And he says, don't think, do not think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. The truth is, Jesus says, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter of the law, not even the smallest part of a letter will be done away with until all is fulfilled. I tell you, Jesus says, unless your sense of justice, unless your sense of justice surpasses that of all the religious scholars and the Pharisees, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Unless your sense of justice surpasses that of all the learned folk, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Right, so these lessons in the Sermon on the Mount, they come full circle. Jesus begins the beatitude with the declaration that the kingdom of heaven is given to the poor, and he concludes now that, that, that the kingdom of heaven is given unto those who pursue, who yearn for, who have a heart for, who hunger and thirst for justice. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are called to preserve and protect as the salt of the earth. And then Jesus continues to declare, you are prophets of justice. You're prophets of justice. Justice just being a, a, a fancy way of saying that the love of God made manifest in heaven comes on earth so that we all might know ourselves as fully loved. Right? So heaven comes down to earth. The love of God is embodied in an ethic, a way of loving, of being, uh, to say that, right, the roof over my head, everybody 
created in the image of God deserves a roof over their head. Right, because if, if James Baldwin is correct that God is synonymous with safety, then the love of God embodied in such a way ensures that all people, that no one would be able to go to bed hungry at night, but might have safety and security and, and not be food insecure or, or, or housing insecure. They won't have to worry about, you know, do I have to, to, to hold off of, of eating or paying my rent this month in order to pay my, my medical bills? Right, that, that justice is love embodied such that the gifts which are freely given are given not just to some people, but to all people. But to all people. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount that the kingdom of heaven belongs to, actually is ushered in by prophets. By prophets. You are to be a prophet just as you are blessed, just as you are salt of the earth. Now check this. Prophets are not, I repeat, prophets are not psychics. We're not called to be fortune tellers. We're not called to be charlatans. Anybody remember Miss Cleo? Right, right, right. right. We're not called to be uh, uh, Miss Cleo, we're, we're not talking about uh, being a prophet. Is it? Is It's not about being a person with some kind of special magical power, right? Some some unique gift. But rather, Jesus is talking about when he says you are prophets. He invites us. He's he's talking about something that we all inherit. Something that we all inherit that we can all practice when we go to those places that remind us who we are. That, that there is something that we all possess that calls us to this prophetic work of declaring the truth. Because there is something inside of us, right, that is part of us, that is still more than us, and it's the power of God working within us. And if the power of God works within us, then we might be those prophets who go to places of power and then speak truth to power. Because there's power within us. There's, there's power within us, as, as the prophet Jeremiah said, that there's something that might be shut up in our bones that there's a fire, of the fire next time that, that's in our bones and such that it manifests in a righteous indignation, a righteous discontent, a dissatisfaction that is rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ that, that we show up and we speak out and we speak truth to power. But, 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 but this, this, this prophetic invitation that Jesus offers, it's, it's more than simple confrontation. It's more than just uh, showing up at a rally or, or picketing or, or protests. When Jesus says you are prophets of justice, he, he's saying that, that prophets possess a capacity, a capacity to see something when the world lacks vision. When others only see the world from their places of privilege, 
we might see the world and claim a future from the perspective of the underside, of the marginalized, of the oppressed, of the disinherited. That's what Walter Brueggemann in his text, The Prophetic Imagination, helps us to understand more deeply. That when Jesus declares us to be prophets of justice, we possess a vision, a capacity. We are the ones who are called to tell a different story. A story of hope in the midst of despair, a story of joy in the midst of sadness, a story of beauty in the midst of ugliness, in the midst of the grotesque, in the midst of those who would seek uh, to destroy and distort the beauty of our creation and call it of God. Right? This is why Baldwin offers this really tough but, but compelling uh, way of thinking in the fire next time you heard it uh, read a little bit earlier when he says, if the concept of God has any validity or any use, it can only be used to make us larger, to make us freer, to make us more loving. And he says if God cannot do this, we might say if, if our concept of God does not do this, if our concept of God is not aligned with the imagination of God that we find rooted in the Gospels and, 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 and recorded in the prophets, if that concept of God does not make us freer, make us larger, make us more loving, then it's time that we got rid of it. It's time that we got rid of it. Because otherwise, right, the Apostle Paul is correct. Just noisy gongs and clanging cymbals. Prophets don't predict the future but we do dream of a different one. We dream, we envision a future that is full of equity, a counter-reality that imagines beyond what we are able to see in this present moment and daily lives into it. We all invite Jesus because we are blessed and we are everyday salt and we are light, we all can be prophets. We all can be prophets by practicing what we preach, by living out our song. And when we do so, we begin to walk a little bit differently and we speak a little bit differently and we talk a little bit differently and our language, it changes, right? That, 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 that we declare that we won't harm anyone with words from our mouths, but rather with words from our mouths, we build up one another for the building up of our community. And instead of harming folks, we practice kindness in such a way that, that draws the circle wider 
that invites us into a loving relationship with our neighbors because you are loved into freedom in order to make others free. If your actions and your words are not actively helping to free others, then we are falling short of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The imagination of God. It comes alongside more familiar phrases like the love of God and the word of God and the power of God and the favor of God. And we tell a different message to proclaim, to tell the truth of life by proclaiming this counter-reality to the facts of life. This is why the prophet Joel declared what some have called as the I am factor, right? That even though the facts of life say one thing, we live a deeper truth. When he says, let the weak say, I am strong. And the poor say, I am rich. Let the broken say, as we come to table, I am whole. That we are stronger. Resilience is, is claiming that we are stronger than the fiber in our muscles. That we are smarter than the neurons in our brain. And though our light might be little when it shines, it has the capacity to light up the world. Because the glory of the Most High glorifies within you. And because the glory of the Most High is within you, you might shine as a light to the world. As a beacon of hope. Not to a candle set under a bushels, but one where we uncover that glory. Because the glory of God dwells within us. We are called to be prophets uh, because, right, God knows the plan he has for us, plans to prosper us and never to harm us, but to give us a future with hope. So as prophets of justice, we declare that future and we live into it and we pull that future into our present. Yeah, sometimes we get tired, but the promise is like that of another prophet, Isaiah, that they who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Uh, they shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint until the words of the other prophet is true, until justice rolls down like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Yet yeah, Jesus, that chief prophet who comes to walk with us and talk with us and remind us who we are, proclaims the words of the prophet Isaiah that the spirit of the Lord God is upon us because God has anointed us to preach good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who are captive, and to proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor, that this is the year of our liberator's favor, that here at Union, this is the year of elevation. And we're poised right on the runway. We're ready to take off and to mount up like Isaiah's eagle and fly to greater heights. So to follow the way of Jesus is to follow the way of a prophet, which is, of course, an invitation for us to become prophets to claim the name, to claim who we are, to proclaim 
our truth and claim it as our own. Yes, as Christians, it's our job. It's our work. Even it's our profession. Profession to be blessed, to be salt, to be light. It's our profession to proclaim the truth. And one prophet, James Cone, said it best, that if as theologians, as followers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we are afraid to tell the truth, then we ought to find another profession. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.